0: So, before we jump into the word this morning, I want to touch base on um, three things that are coming up that you absolutely need to be a part of. Um, connection is important. We, we're not designed to live lives of isolation, it just doesn't work well. God hasn't designed us that way. And it's especially important for us to connect as a body of Christ. And so, we have three opportunities not one, not two, but three opportunities. ...for you to connect as a church family coming up over the next couple of weeks. The first is this, coming up, and this information, by the way, is all in your bulletin. If you have a bulletin this morning, just wave it around in the air like this and just go, Hey, i got one. If you need one, I think we have some more. Um, In fact, if you'd like one right now, Micah is happy to help you out. He'll come pass those around right on Micah. Um, This coming Tuesday, Kingdom Transformers, our ministry for our elementary age kids on Tuesday nights, is kicking back off It happens at uh, 545 at the New Community Center. Um, I want to encourage you, if you've got a kid elementary age, uh, so I I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, kindergarten, does it start at kindergarten? Kindergarten through sixth grade. They get together on Tuesday nights. Uh, They continue hearing from the Word. The the lesson on Tuesdays builds on what they're hearing on Sunday. They play games. They have fun. Um, and, And it's just a It's a blast. So you need to get your kids there Tuesday nights, 545. There's no, uh, there's no cost involved. It's just a chance for kids to get together. So our kids need to connect. The very ne- next week, so a week from Tuesday, it's uh, uh, February 9th. It's a Tuesday night. We'll be kicking our life groups back off. Uh, we're starting a new round. We'll have two life groups this round, both happening on Tuesday night. And we're doing that on purpose because we want to coordinate our schedule with our Kingdom Transformers. So it gives you an opportunity if you have kids, you can drop them off at Kingdom Transformers and then cruise over to Life Group um, and, and, then, uh, and, and spend some time in fellowship with other believers. We're going to talk about the, what God's speaking to us through His Word on Sundays as, as well as share prayer requests and just do life together. Plus, there's usually food. And that's a good motivator. Anyone motivated by food? Right? Yeah, it's a good motivator. And then finally this. And... Um, And this is one that I really want to emphasize for us. Uh, Starting this Friday night, we're going to be starting corporate prayer uh, as a church. Uh, It's going to happen right here at Sellers from 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock. We do set up starting at 5 o'clock, and there's a team that shows up, and you're welcome to come be a part of that. We start bringing all of our equipment in and setting up the stage. Um, But we're going to stop for an hour from 6 o'clock to 7 and there's been multiple words spoken over this church about the direction the Lord's taking us. And, um, and we know this, we won't get there unless we're people who pray. And we need to be people who pray corporately together as a church body. And so we're, we're taking that time, we're carving out that time, 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock right here in this room. Would you please come join us as you're able? Um, if, if you're able to be here every Friday... Come join us. I believe God's going to do some mighty, mighty things. Um, And it's important for us, and everyone's welcome. Young, old, men, women, everyone. It is for our church to get together and pray. So kingdom transformers, life groups, and prayer. That's all happening in the next week and a half or so. Uh, Plan on being part of that. I'm going to have to slow myself down a little bit because I'm feeling the pressure of time, and I feel myself speaking really fast. But I don't want to move too quickly because I believe God has some things he wants to deposit in our hearts this morning. This morning is our last in a series called Shout. Shout, for God has given you the city. It's our theme for this year. It's the thing that God has put on, uh, put on my heart, and, and I believe is, is true for our church that God is going to give us favor in the city of Glendora this year. We're going to see an increase of the harvest. We're going to see uh, people walk from darkness into light. We're going to see marriages healed and restored, and families restored. Uh, we want to see the strongholds that exist in this city. Uh, get torn down. We've been speaking to that end for the last few weeks. If you've missed any of the messages, you can find them online at ncglendora.com. And they're all posted there, and you can, you can catch up with those. This morning, though, is our final message in this series. I want to speak to you this morning about shouting to the ends of the earth. Shouting to the ends of the earth. I want you to turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Um, because of our situation this morning, we weren't able to get all of the slides transferred. So, so this is the only slide you will see for the message today. So here's what you need to do. Get your Bible open. Have your notebook ready. I'm going to have a few points and some other passages. Um, you ready? You ready to go there with me? Yes. All right. Let's pray. Father God, it's good to be in your house get to jump into your word. Lord, we, this morning, we don't want to miss what you have for us. Lord, the word, the timely word that you have for this people. And so, Lord, I pray this morning that you would speak to us and that you would do a mighty work. We love you, Lord. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I'm going to pause for a second because I just realized my notes did not update to my, my iPad. So, is Micah still back there? Can you grab my laptop for me? What a morning. Yeah. Hey, when it rains. Yeah. <laughs> right? Is it warm in here? Yeah. Is it? Okay. Do we need a little bit of air? Let's still get a little air movement. I know. That's, that's a very subjective question, right? Acts chapter 1. Here we go. So this series shout. We shout for different reasons, thank you. We shout for different reasons, right? We've talked about the fact that we shout when we're excited. We shout when we're trying to warn someone of something. We shout when, um, uh, we shout when we're watching a football game, as some people will be doing next week. Um, we shout for all kinds of reasons. The people of Israel came up to the city named Jericho, and they had to shout to defeat the enemy. The weirdest strategy in military history. God says to the people of Israel, here's the promised land. Here's the first city that you're going to face, the first opponent, and it's this huge walled city, and your strategy is this. You go ahead and just walk around the city for a few days, and then when it's all said and done, the last day you're going to walk around the city seven times, and when you're done walking without saying a word, you're just going to shout. We're going to blow trumpets and shout. And of course when they do that, the walls come tumbling down And they're able to march right into that city and take possession of that city. God's calling us to be a church that shouts. I believe with all my heart that that the church, especially in the West, our shout has become more of a whimper. Or even sometimes a bit of a whine. (laughs) No, Christians, we're just so... Jesus said, We're going to be persecuted, right? He promised us, hey, listen, in this life, you're going to have trouble. You're going to be opposed. You're going to face persecution, but fear not. Why? I've overcome the world. And so I believe it's the time, it's a season that God's calling his church to regain their voice, to be able to stand and shout. And that shout is supposed to have a huge impact. It's supposed to have a huge impact. You all have a reputation. I have a reputation. Um, you're known for something. In your circle of friends and the people that know you, you're known for something. It might be uh, you're known because of who you're married to or how many kids you have or where you live. Uh, you know, in our culture, when we meet someone, what's one of the first questions we ask them? What do you do, right? A lot of times we're known by what our profession is, what our career is, um, People want to be known for something, and usually people want to be known for something great. We want, to be, we want to make a contribution in this life. There's a study done at UCLA a few years ago where they actually uh, surveyed 11 and 12 year olds, and they asked them this question. They asked them, uh, when you look at your life, what is your biggest goal? What do you want more than anything else? 11 and 12 year olds. You know what the number one answer was? Fame. I want to be famous. I want to be famous. That's not even a thing. I just want to be famous. I want people to know who I am. And of course, in this digital age that we live in, you can be go from being right pretty much unknown to being a global phenomenon overnight. Watching uh, Jimmy Fallon the other night, and he had this gal on his show. He's interviewing this gal who all she did was start, like, filming herself doing goofy things. She dresses up like her mom and dad and then makes fun of culture. She has 10 million followers on YouTube. She's, like, she's become this brand. And can I just tell you, I mean, I watched some of the videos, I'm like, it's not even that funny. It's just not that funny. But, but she's famous, and she's attained something. We live in an age where fame can come really quickly. When I was a kid, fame was just a TV show. And how many of you just started singing the theme song in your head? Come on, be honest, right? I'm going to Right. Fame has become the thing that we aspire to. I want people to know who I am. Not, I want to make a difference. I want people to see people's lives change. I just want to be famous. It's kind of this ethereal, nebulous thing. See, One of the problems with the pursuit of fame is this. It can turn on you. See, because the more people are looking at you, the more opportunity you have to disappoint them. So you can be known for great things if I say these names, Mother Teresa or Billy Graham. There's an image or an idea that pops into your head about who those people are. But your choices can also tarnish your name. Think of names like John Wilkes Booth or O.J. Simpson. Where what you really wanted to be known for actually becomes a shadow of what you're really known for. See, we're known for something. You will be known for something. It might not be on a global scale as far as people knowing your name. But I want to tell you this. You will have a global impact. Whether you want to or not, your life will have a global impact. Because your influence will outlive you. Your influence will outlive you. And so the choices you make will go far. They will make a great impact. I just got back from high school camp last night. We had a great time. There were 380 high schoolers along with the staff. There was probably around 500 people at Camp Cedar Crest. It was an amazing time. We have three of our high schoolers that are up there right now. They're on their way back along with... Uh, Russ and Monica. In fact, Lord, we just pray for safe travel as they drive down the mountain. We pray that you return them to us safely. One of the things I love about camp though is I can bring out my cheesy sense of humor. And uh, Tim, Tim was up there with us and uh, I have a joke I'm going to tell this morning. I was like, Tim, this is for you. I dedicate this joke to you. So please understand, I'm going to preface this joke. It's totally cheesy, but I'm still a little bit in camp mode. So bear with me. There's these twin brothers who lived in a small town. And they had the worst reputation. They were just jerks. Lack of of a better term, they were just jerks. They treated everybody badly. Nobody liked them. Well, one of the brothers passed away. And so, so his twin brother goes to the local preacher and he says, listen, I want you to do the funeral. And he goes, but here's the deal. I don't want you to say anything bad about my brother. I want you to make him look good. And he goes, and you better or else. And the preacher's thinking, well, how do I do, do this? And then, and then his brother says, listen, and if you do make him look good, I'll pay you a $1,000. Well, the preacher says, well, I guess, you know, I'll, I'll do the funeral. And he's mulling over, what am I going to say? How am I going to do this? And so the day of the, the, the funeral gets there, and he gets up to do the eulogy. And he stands up, and he starts speaking. He says, you know, this guy was, he was a really proud man. Not in a good way. He was a liar and a cheat. He was stingy and unkind, and people would cross over to the other side of the street just to avoid being in contact with him. But compared to his brother, he was an angel. (laughs) So bad. You have a reputation, and I tell you what, sometimes what we try and do is we compare ourselves to other people and say, well, compared to that person, I'm not that bad. You know that comparison doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Your life shouts, and your life sh- will shout to the ends of the earth. It just deter- the, the thing that makes a difference is what kind of shouting are you going to do. So we're going to talk about shouting to the ends of the earth. Acts chapter, Acts chapter 1, verse 6 through 9. Acts chapter 1, verse 6 through 9. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You will receive power when my spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The word I really want to focus on this morning is this word witness. See, this is a very well-known passage of scripture, especially in the Pentecostal church. We love Acts 1-8. We're all about the power. We want the power. But really, the key here is the witness part. That God has called us to be witnesses to the ends of the earth. The word witness is most commonly used in the courtroom. When someone's called in to, bear, to give testimony of what they've seen and what they heard in regards to a criminal case. Did you witness what happened? Yes, this is what I saw. When Jesus says to the disciples, you will be my witnesses, what he's saying to them is, you're going to go out into the world and you're going to tell people about who I am and what I've done. That's his call to his church and to his people. And he says, it's not just going to stay here. It's going to spread around the world. Let me tell you something this morning. Every one of us in this room are here today as a direct result of that moment in time. That every one of us could draw a straight line from where we are back to that moment when Jesus said, you will be my witnesses. I'm sending you. See, because someone told you about Jesus, whether you read it in a book or you'd heard about him from a friend, but someone shared with you the gospel at some point. And before that, that person heard the gospel. And before them, someone there. And you can go all the way back through history. I wish you could actually do this. And know the trajectory that got you to where you are. My mom gave her life to the Lord at a Billy Graham crusade when she was pregnant with me. So when I say the name Billy Graham, Billy Graham has had an impact because ultimately it was my parents who led me to the Lord. And you see the kind of impact you have and know this, that the people that you lead to Jesus, the people that you witness to about who he is, who give their lives to to him will lead others. So you don't even know the kind of impact you will have, but you will have an impact, either for the good or for the not so good. See, we're called to have a prophetic witness and a testimony. So let's back up to the people of Israel. Here's the, the people of Israel in the desert. They've been called out of Egypt, which, by the way, if you do the solid life reading plan, this week, this week we've been reading about Abram and Sarah and the, 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 the covenant that God made with Abram. And he said, I'm going to multiply you, you're going to be the father of a nation. And he says, in fact, it was the reading yesterday. He says, Your, your, your ancestors, I mean, your. Um, Ancestors? No. Your descendants, thank you, will, will be taken into captivity for 400 years. He, he talks about what's going to happen, but he says, you're going to multiply, and they're going to be a blessed people. And God's plan was this, that Israel would become a prophetic witness of who God was in that time. They walk into the promised land, and they take possession See, but it wasn't about defeating cities and 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 driving out people or even possessing the land. It was all about a people of God living for God. In Joshua chapter 6, when when you read about the story of of Jericho, it says that Jericho was tightly shut up because the, the Canaanites who lived in Jericho were afraid of the Israelites because of their reputation of their God. They had a prophetic witness. And Israel was called to stand for righteousness. In fact, in Deuteronomy, God gives Israel all of these rules about how they're supposed to live. And he says, if you live this way and if you live in accordance with my word and my law, you will be blessed and you will be a blessing. But if you choose to disobey and do things your own way, you will be cursed and you will have a negative impact on the people around you. And I tell you what, if you read the Old Testament with that lens... It really comes alive because you can see over and over where they make good decisions and bad decisions. So, even people like King David, who had a heart after God's own heart, there's parts of his life that we know, yeah, he made bad decisions. And we're still aware of those things thousands of years later Joshua and the people of Israel were called to have a prophetic witness in that land they were called to stand for God and be a witness to who God was to a people who didn't know him and remember this they didn't have Jesus or the cross so if Israel didn't represent God well the people didn't know they didn't see We're called to have a prophetic witness just like Israel. And the cool thing is for us, it's not just a prophetic witness. It's not just prophetic in that we're pointing to God and pointing to future things. But there's a testimony that comes as well because of who Jesus is and what he's done in our lives. And he says to his church, and what he's saying to the disciples here in Acts chapter 1 is, you will be my witnesses. You will take the story of who I am and what I've done in your life, and you will take it to the very ends of the earth. Jesus came to seek and save those who were lost. That's why he came. That includes you and me. And can I tell you that job is not done. Both here at home in Glendora. So so instead of Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Glendora, LA County, California, US. To the ends of the earth. We still have a job to do. And God is calling us to be a part of it. He's calling us to stand with him. See, but it depends on what God is doing in your life. See, what are you known for? When you get to the end of your life, what will people say about you? Can you hear about this? I heard this at a, at a, a conference thing I was at this week, and the guy was talking about uh, motivating a team, and he's like, he gives them a tombstone, and he says, right on here, I want to be known for this. But I've got to tell you, it's more than just a cute gimmick in motivating people. You really need to think about the end. At the end of your life, what do you want your reputation to be? And we can insert all kinds of things there. I want to be known as a good husband and a great father and someone who is loyal and someone who is committed and devoted and, oh, yeah, as as a good Christian. You know, the only thing I want on my tombstone, if I were to have one, is this. He followed hard after God. See, because my marriage and my family and my kids and my work and everything else will fall into line behind that. If I have a heart after God and that's my testimony, then all of these other things stop being an issue. And you can see where the enemy has deceived a generation, is continuing to deceive, where where a group of kids would say, the thing that I want most in life is fame. And the enemy is just, it's a distraction technique let me get your eyes off of God, but can I tell you, we're no different. We're no different. See, because when the Powerball reached $1.5 billion, man, people had stars in their eyes. Hey, the chances are slim, but that means there's still a chance. And that's not an indictment there. It's just to say this. There are things that draw us away from who God is and from that prophetic witness. And, And the enemy wants to dilute the witness that you have, and God's saying, no, I want to increase your impact. I want to increase your witness so that it reaches the end of the earth. My, my desire is that one day I get to stand in heaven, and God shows me. I hope he, does, he hope he does this, that God would show me the people whose lives were impacted directly and indirectly through my life. I'd love to know. I'd love to know. We were up at camp and yesterday a gentleman named Jonathan comes up to me. And he says, you're Pastor Barry. I go, yeah, I am. He goes, my name's Jonathan and I I, I, I go to Florence Avenue Foursquare Church, which is where Megan and I were on staff as junior high pastors for a number of years. And he goes, I started going to Florence Avenue in 2005, which was the year we left. He said, in fact... You left three weeks after I started coming to the church. I'm going to tell you, in that season, we were in a season of transition, and, and my mind kept going to, you know what, it's kind of you know, like the president when it's the lame duck deal, like you, you're kind of at the end, and there's nothing you can really do. I felt like a lame duck youth pastor because we were wrapping up. And I was like, well, you know, we'll just kind of, We just want to end well and then we'll be on our way. And he comes to me and he says, I only knew you for three weeks. You were on your way out. He goes, but can I tell you I stayed because of you and the impact you had on my life. I didn't even know the kid. I I mean, I looked at him. I'm like, I can't even recall meeting you because I know you. Your life will have an impact that you don't even know. And God wants to have your life have an impact. He desires it. In fact, He's mandating, He's saying, I'm calling you to this. Go and share my love. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11 says this And they, the believers, conquered Him, the enemy, by the blood of the Lamb and by what? The word of their testimony your life, your testimony, your witness is powerful. It has the power and the authority, as 1 Corinthians says, to destroy and demolish strongholds. Amen. Amen. You have a global impact. God is calling you to have a global impact. He's calling you to have a global impact. Revelation chapter 4, the says this, the angel said to me, write this, I'm sorry, Revelation 19, verse 9, write this, blessed are those who were invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb, those who have said yes to Jesus. And he said to me, these are the true words of God. Then I fell down at his feet, this is John writing the the book of Revelation, I fell down at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, you must not do that, I'm a fellow servant with you and your brother's. Who hold to the testimony of Jesus. So let me stop there for a second. An angel has appeared in, in a whole slew of revelations that John has had that are blowing his mind. He's th- seeing things that he cannot comprehend. And finally it gets to this point in Revelation 19 where this angel comes and he says, write, write this, blessed are those who were invited to the marriage supper. And these are the true words of God. And John is just what do I do? And so he falls down and starts worshiping the angel. And the angel says, no, no, no. Don't do that. See, we're not supposed to worship angels or people or programs or churches or systems or the latest this and the latest that and the greatest that. Hey, we got figure it figured out. We know how we're going. You know, he says, St- stand up. I'm just a fellow worker. And we're about the same thing. Testifying about who Jesus is. You and me together. And he says this, worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And we see wrapped up in this, the Trinity. Worship God the Father, the source of agape love. The testimony of Jesus, the one who came to seek and save the lost our atoning sacrifice and the spirit of prophecy, the one who brings revelation and enlightenment and empowers his people. This is the seat of power for us. So I've got three points I want to make. Three points with all of that in mind. Here we go. Number one is this. Your global impact depends on God's power. Your global impact depends on God's power. Jesus says to the disciples, "Stay here and wait. And at the right moment, you will receive power." See, because they're excited about who Jesus was, and they walked with him for 3 years, and, and and they knew that they were called to something amazing. But in this moment where, where they're probably excited about what's coming next. You, have you ever just had that anticipation there's something else coming? And you don't know what it is, but you know it's going to be good. Anyone ever been there? Okay, a couple of you. All right. I, I kind of live my life in that place right now. There's something coming, and Lord, it's going to be awesome. And God says, yes, it is. But wait. But wait. Oh, and we're not good at waiting, are we? At least I'm not. I just want to, let's go. God says, wait. And allow my power to rest upon you. See, your global impact depends on God's power. You cannot have a global impact in your life apart from the power of the Holy Spirit at work in you. You cannot have a global impact. Now, you might might have come to church going, I wasn't even thinking about having a global impact. I just wanted to make it through this week. But you're having a global impact whether you want to or not. See, you don't get to choose when you die. But you do get to choose how you live. You don't get to choose when you die. But you do get to choose how you live. And God says, live in the midst of my power. Let my power be at work in you. The same power that would take a rugged, smelly, opinionated, brash fisherman call him out of his vocation and say, Peter, I've got something else for you. I'm going to make you fishers of men. I don't even know what that means, Jesus. That's just weird talk. But I'll follow you. As we continue reading, in fact, I love that this has been the reading in our Solid Life Journal this last week, has been the first few chapters of Acts. That this brash, opinionated, smelly, fisherman guy, just gruff, who just always had his foot in his mouth, after Pentecost, after the Holy Spirit descends, he's the first one to get up and preach. And 3,000 people come to Jesus. 3,000. Now that's church growth. Because God will use unlikely people, and when he couples unlikely people with his power, amazing things happen and lives are changed for eternity. Are you a Peter? Is God calling you? Is he speaking to you and saying, no, 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 I'm calling you to leave that thing that you're most familiar with and walk in obedience to me, because with my power, man, I will do amazing things in your life. And your reputation will be my reputation. Your story will be my story. The picture here, of course, is that of a, pebble thrown into a pond and the ripples just kind of go across the pond. See, I don't want to have a pebble kind of life. I don't want to have like a rock or a big rock or a boulder kind of life. I want I want the biggest, gigantic, most huge, awesomest, like insert whatever adjective you want. I want this thing to f- splash down so that people could surf the waves. I want to have that kind of impact. Not in a prideful way because but but in a way that says, God, more of your power. I want heaven to be populated because of the decisions I make in my life and how I follow you. We cannot have a global impact without God's power. So your global impact depends on God's power. Secondly is this, your global impact starts at home. Don't export it if you're not living it. It starts at home. So Jesus starts with Jerusalem. To us in Glendora, It's a Glendora, or whatever community you live in, start at home. Don't think you can go to the other side of the world and be a witness for Jesus if it's not happening here. I've had the opportunity to lead missions trips all over the world. And one of the things I always say to missions teams is, make sure you're living it here before you try and go live it there. This is not your token service. Oh, I, I got... I got the missions trip award. Oh, you went to Mexico? Well, I went to Africa. Ooh. God says, no, 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 no. Don't export it if, you don't live, if you're not living. It starts at home that the power of God and your witness and your testimony starts in your house, with your wife, with your children, with your husband, with your neighbors, on your street. And remember this, God wants to reach your neighbors. You might not always feel the same way, but God wants to reach your neighbors. He wants to reach those people in your community. It's his, it's his goal. That's why he has you living there. Starts at home. First in Jerusalem. Joshua said it this way, As for me and my house... We will serve the Lord. And remember, he said that at the end of his life, not the beginning. He said that, and then he passed away. He said it in confidence, knowing that he led his family in in the ways of the Lord, and it would outlive him for generations. It starts at home, and third is this. Your global impact needs a plan. Your global impact needs a plan. It doesn't happen by accident. And you might not be thinking globally, but your pastor is. I have a heart for missions. I have a heart for the world. We got to pray for a team of youth going to Cambodia last night. Up at camp, there's 12 high school students going this June, and and their lives are going to be rocked, and they're going to have an impact for the kingdom of God, um, and it's just going to be amazing. When we came to New Community, um, I'd been doing missions work. In fact, we have some friends from the bridge here this morning, and some of them have been on missions trips with me, Man, that's what, that was my life. We did missions. I was traveling a lot, and we came to a new community, and Megan goes, no missions trips at least for the first year, which is wisdom, is absolute wisdom, because it just burns inside of me. But can I tell you, you can have a global impact without getting ever getting on an airplane. In fact, sometimes the last thing you need to do is get on an airplane, because it's like that's the oh, cool, you went on a missions trip. God's like, no, no, do you have a heart for the nations? Because I do. I want to see every nation, every tribe, every tongue reached, because that's who's going to worship alongside of us in heaven. You need a plan. You need to develop a global perspective. We happen to be a part of the Foursquare family. Foursquare Missions International is doing amazing work around the globe. And there are other organizations and other people and other missionaries that are doing incredible things. But we just happen to be Foursquare, so I'm just going to land there today. You can visit FoursquareMissions.org, FoursquareMissions.org. They have a great website. There's some great resources. And right at the top of the page, you're going to see these four words. And this is the four points of how you develop a global uh, perspective or develop a plan. First is this, pray. Pray. Pray for the nations. Pray for people you'll never meet or see this side of heaven. But pray for them. Because the Bible says that your prayer is powerful and effective. It's like throwing a huge honking boulder into the lake. And then in the spirit, I mean, just do this. Picture this in your mind. Lord, I pray for the nation of Sri Lanka. And what you just do is, did is throw a boulder into the, the spiritual lake and In the spiritual realm, in the heavenlies, there's a wave that is crossing the globe and having a direct impact in the nation of Sri Lanka. And can I tell you, I didn't just use that as an illustration. That literally just happened. Pastor Leslie Kegel and the church, the persecuted church in Sri Lanka, God impact those people. Powerful and effective. Become a person of prayer. Pray for the nations. There's a great prayer guide on Four Square Missions. Download it. We'll start having, having it here. We'll, pray. we'll start praying for the nations on Friday nights. Did I mention we're going to be praying on Friday nights? Join us. It's one of the things we're going to do. The second thing is this. Give. Give. The need in the field is great. And sometimes we're so attached to our money and we don't want to let it go when God's saying, Hey, could, could you take some of what I've blessed you with to further the gospel? Money changes lives, not because of the money, but because of what it ushers in in the spirit. Our good friends Gary and Brenda are missionaries in Kenya. It costs a lot of money to live in Kenya. For them to live there is really expensive. And can I tell you, I'm so blessed by our church. We got to the end of this last year. that We, uh, along with what the gifts that came in for the Keens, and along with uh, general missions giving, That our missions giving last year was over $7,000 for our church. That's huge. But it's just a start. It's just a start. I believe that God's calling new community to have a global impact through giving. I've said this before. I'll I'll remind you of this. I believe that God is calling our church to be a church that gives $200,000 a year to missions. That's bigger than our current budget. So what kind of church do we need to be? Not how big of a church. What kind of church do we need to be? God, align us with your heart for the nation so that we give generously to the things that you're doing. Third thing is this, partner. And if there's something on your heart that just burns inside of you, if human trafficking is something that you're like, man, I just, every time I think about it, it just breaks my heart. Single moms, refugees, whatever, there's... There's so much. If some, God's put something on your heart, find a way to partner with a ministry that's ministering to that need. And can I just tell you, don't wait for me to tell you to do it. If you want to come and ask me where to get connected, I've got tons of resources, probably more than you want to know about. But partner with a ministry that's, that's near and dear to your own heart. And then the last one is this, go. Go. Go on a mission trip, Go somewhere. In fact... I'm going to give you this charge this morning. If you don't have your passport, get it. Don't get a passport when the opportunity arises. Anticipate that God's going to call you to go somewhere to share his love in his name, that testimony, that power. So just apply for your passport and get it. And if people say, why'd you get your passport? Just say, hey, my pastor said we're going somewhere. I've literally, I've had people, we've had opportunities to go on missions trips. I've given two weeks notice to people. Say, hey, we're going in two weeks. I'd love for you to be a part of this team. And I've seen people's eyes light up and go, yes, I want to do that. Not that all of our, that's not the norm, by the way. Those are special circumstances. And then the next question is, do you have your passport? No, then you can't go. So even when the spirit moves you, if you don't have your passport, so get your passport, we're going to have trips coming up, I'm just telling you, it's going to happen. probably not this year. We're going to give it another year. But I know next year, 2017, I want to see us start taking teams. We have Mexico just down the street in our back. It's our, it's our uh, Samaria. It's right here, and to the ends of the earth. I'd love for our church to be a missions church. But it's not just about going. You have a global impact. You will have a global impact. God's calling you to have a global impact. In fact, the words of Jesus in Acts chapter 1. You, not the disciples, put your your name in there. You will have an impact. Let me find the verse. So I'm going to pick on someone. But Abby... will receive power and you will be his witness Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria to the ends of the earth if you're sitting close to Abby we just let lay hands on her this wasn't planned but Father God I thank you for Abby Mabry, for the call on her life, Lord, that you want to change nations, you want to transform nations through the testimony and the faithful servant of this young lady. And so, God, I pray that your anointing power would fall on her, that you would empower her, you've called her, you have a purpose and a plan, and Lord, I pray that nothing would hinder and stop that. In Jesus' name, insert your name, but you will receive power. Can we stand together? You don't get to choose when you die, but you do get to choose how you live. Can I tell you that that starts now? That's a now thing. These things I talked about this morning, do it. Now, allow God to move in your life in that way. Allow God to use your life in, in such a way that heaven will be populated with the lives, with the, the names, with the souls of men and women and children who do not yet know him. Allow your impact to outlast your, your time here on earth. And God will get the glory. Father God, I thank you that you choose to use us. Broken vessels, weak vessels. Sometimes, Lord, we're just lost. Sometimes, Lord, we get our our eyes fixed on things that are a distraction and a hindrance more than a help. But, Lord, we want to keep our eyes fixed on you. Lord, help us in those moments where you're saying, wait, wait for my power that we'll exercise, exercise patience. And Lord, in those moments where you're saying, go, that we wouldn't hesitate. Lord, whether that's across the aisle at the grocery store or the street in my neighborhood or across the soccer field where my kids are playing a game or Lord, to the other, the other uh, extent of it, getting on an airplane and flying to the other side of the world. God, if there are people in this church who are called to be on full-time missions work, Lord, I pray that you would release that calling. Bring your power. Bring the provision. And allow them to walk that out. And God, we pray this morning that new community would be a global impact church. Not because we're so special. But Lord, because we're so dependent on you. And so hungry for you. That we want more of who you are. Lord, that our city that our county, our state, our nation, and the world would never be the same again because of this body of believers. In Jesus' name. Let's worship together as we close this morning.